Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And welcome into the Roxpile Rockies Report. I'm No Yingling, one of the co-experts of Roxpile. And as always, I'm joined by my friend and fellow co-expert, Kevin Henry. Kevin, how are you? Noah doing well. Just back from Coors Field, where the Rockies took two of three from the St. Louis Cardinals. And what an ending to the matinee game. Nolan could have been the hero or the goat, and Daniel Bard caught him looking for a strike three to end the game. It was pretty impressive, man. As we've said, the Rockies are actually not a bad team at Coors Field. No, I agree. And, you know, if you go back to the ninth inning today, you knew how it was going to set up, uh, that Bard was going to come in for the ninth, but he started really wild to Yadier Molina, like, high and in two or three times in fact there was one point that yachty was looking at him like what are you doing so i thought that was very interesting but bard came back to get him out you know ended up working around trouble in the ninth even though it was not pretty by any stretch and it was i believe his fourth time this season he's pitched more than 30 pitches in one outing and honestly that that was one of my biggest issues with extending him is his control he yeah. doesn't have good control. That That's part of his problem. It, I mean, he's averaging a little bit more than four walks per nine innings. Last year, of course, he was nowhere near as good, but he was averaging five walks per nine innings. So, Yep, and today it was a little disconcerting. Uh, you know, Alex Colomay has fallen off the radar completely. Uh, yeah. I think our friend Patrick Saunders posted he's had a – 13 or 14 ERA uh, in his last four outings. So it's, it's one of those things that you look back and you're like, could they have gotten something for Chad cool? Could they have gotten something for Alex Colomay? Because both right now cool, obviously injured, but before he went on the IL was really struggling as well. So it's, but all that aside, they take two of three from St. Louis playing in Denver. Now they've got Arizona coming in for a weekend series. And, you know, it's one of those chances to build momentum. But unfortunately, you look at the schedule and you know where they go next to St. Louis, which has been a house of horrors for them, just like Miami and, 
you know, a couple of other places that we can think about around this great world of ours. I can think of San Francisco, Dodger Stadium, pretty much every single stadium besides yeah. Petco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Petco, they feel at home, apparently. Uh, you know, didn't look like that, I know, with uh, for the trade deadline and right during, but. At the same time, uh, Bush has been a, a, a place that has not been good. And uh, we'll see if they can keep some momentum going because it's basically going to be the same pitching matchups that we saw at Coors carry over for that game, uh, for those games, I should say, at Bush Stadium, except for the final game when I know Jordan Montgomery will go for the uh, Cardinals. And I believe Sinzatella is scheduled to go for the Rockies against him. Speaking of which, for Senzatella, since he's gotten a little bit better lately, yeah, um, he is now the only Rockies pitcher, or Rockies starting pitcher, I should say, with an ERA plus of league average or better. He is exactly league average. And if you had told me at the start of the season that he'd be your leading pitcher on August, uh, in the middle of August, shall we say? Yeah, I, I don't think that would have boded well for the Rockies in any way, shape, or form. No, and that and that's part of their problem. And something we're going to get into as well is, I, I feel like we talk about this on every episode, their depth. Yeah. What happens if a Jonathan Daza is injured like he is now? Yep. What happens if Elias Diaz is injured like he is now? Yep. What happens if Chris Bryant is injured like he has been for what will probably end up being three quarters of the 2022 season? This is what happens. Yeah. And really look back at this stretch, just the Cardinal series. Uh, as you mentioned, Daza goes down today. We're recording this on Thursday. Daza goes down today with a, what was a separated shoulder. He actually popped it back into place uh, on the field before he left the field. And they're still trying to figure out if he will need time away, uh, you know, on the injured list. Uh, Bud Black told us afterwards today that Elias Diaz, uh, his hand is not broken, but there is some ligament uh, sprain in there. So it will require a trip to the IL probably. Uh, we'll find that out tomorrow. There's already been talk that Dom Nunez will be there to take the place. So you're looking at serving now as your main catcher, which at the end of the day isn't the worst thing, but uh, then you drop off pretty quickly to Dom Nunez, who Whenever he got sent to AAA in May, everybody was hoping he'd find his swing and really put up some numbers. And if you look at his numbers in AAA, he has not done that. No. And, I mean, oh, whether you look at the numbers, uh, the on-base percentage has definitely gotten better. He's walked, uh, he walked well down there. But average, you can't hit 235 in the Pacific Coast late. No. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. I mean. If you're hitting 235 in the Pacific Coast League, I would expect you to hit 143 in the majors. You want to guess what he's hitting in the majors this year? Let's 143. <laughs> you know, and, and he, uh, whenever I wrote the article or started working on the article about Diaz, it hasn't been published yet, but I, I noted that he has 12 major league home runs. Ten of them came last year. So in the pandemic season of 2020 plus this season, he's got a total of two. And if you look at what he's done in Albuquerque, the power has not been there either. So it, it's going to be a drop off from Diaz. Hopefully it's not going to be something that's going to keep Diaz out a long time, 
But I think that this is really a sink or swim moment for Dom Nunez as far as the organization goes. Now, I want to ask you a question. Let's, let, uh, let's uh, for the older generation in our audience, let's put the, uh, uh, let's turn the VCR on, put the VH test, VHS tape in and rewind back to April 24th in oh, April man. 25th. All right. This was at the end of the Tiger series going to Philadelphia. Oh boy. Yep. We know what happened in Philly, but go ahead. Yeah. The, the Rockies were swept in Philadelphia, but they took two of three in Detroit. After that Detroit series, the Rockies were 10 and five. So at that point, they had, they were in third place in the NL West, but they had the fourth best record in the national league okay since then they are 40 and 59 that's including today thursday yep can you guess what teams are worse than them in the national league in that span i will guess washington you would be correct worst team in baseball i would probably guess maybe the cubs you would be correct because actually the reds have done better since that time after that horrendous start since the reds at least i I believe it was entering today after their three and 22 start they have played 500 baseball and that's crazy to think about because they got off to such a horrid start yeah uh and then maybe the pirates yep there's your three there you go so and is that the group you want to be associated with right now no. <laughs> yeah, so it, it it boils down to you know and, and we talked to bud a little bit about this and, and no one thing that i thought was really interesting today in our pre-game scrum is that a lot of the questions posed by the reporters who were there were already asking about next year yep. we're, we're already turning the page to what needs what does this team need to do to get better for next year and obviously that's a, a very loaded question because you don't know what the roster is going to look like. You don't know who's coming back. You don't know. And, and by the way, the Rockies have a lot of players that they need to figure out what to do with as far as rule five protection this year in the off season too. So they're getting ready to be a huge roster crunch this off season. And they're also going to have to figure out who's really coming back to this team and who's really going to be a part of it next year. And we found out this year, if you're counting on one guy to come in and ride that white horse to help you out, like Chris Bryant did, but he only plays in 42 games, it's going to be short circuit. It's going to short circuit that idea. Yeah. I mean, the Rockies have yet another conundrum. Are they truly going to cut bait this off season? Because uh, how many, I mean, even heading into the season, there were some players like, okay, they were decent last year, but here in the summer, especially like, for example, Connor Joe, is he part of your future plans? Yep. Sam Hilliard, is he part of your future plans? Garrett Hampson, especially in that outfield, the, the outfield, you've got a ton of guys out there of, are they part of your future plans? But, but look at what happened today when Erdaza went out of the game, which, by the way, was in the uh, top of the first inning. I mean, it was early on. 
So Daza goes out very early and Hampson goes in as the replacement for him. Charlie is DHing, Grichik's in right, Hilliard's in left. One thing that I noticed, and we talked a little bit about internally in the press box today, is Connor Joe. As you mentioned, and we've written about on the site, he has not done well lately. He also hasn't been playing at all lately. So you've got to kind of wonder how banged up he really is and how that's impacting him at the plate as well. And I mean, in a way, well, one, he's got a great story. Absolutely. And he also, part of the reason why he has gotten a lot of playing time is his on-base ability. Yep. And we know that's something, especially at the top of the lineup, and Bud Black has said this, he's not your prototypical leadoff guy, but he walks a lot, so that helps. Yep. So, but he hasn't been done, doing it lately. So, again, it's okay, and it's, it's a very similar case with Hampson in where, okay, he can play – three four different positions but is his bat going to be where it needs to be yep. so far for connor joe in the last month it hasn't been since july 3rd he's hitting 138 yeah yeah and, and think back you know last year whenever he really broke on the scene if you remember you know, Rymel Tapia was kind of in there as that leadoff guy. Tapia gets hurt. Joe slides up to the top of the lineup and really inserts himself as that quintessential leadoff guy. If he wasn't getting a hit, he was getting a walk. There wasn't a lot of power there, but he was getting on base, like you mentioned. And you take that part of his game away, like we've seen this year, and it makes Connor Joe a really great guy with a really great story but he's also something that you can't hit him up high in the lineup as they've seen him drop down in the lineup in recent games when he has played. So it's something that are you going to put him in over Hilliard if they're both healthy, you know, Hilliard at least is going to give you a chance for some pop. Are you going to put him in if you have a choice in center? Uh, you know, center's been a little bit of a rotation this year. Daz has been hot at times. There's times that he hasn't been. So they've tried to put a Hampson in there or, you know, even a Hilliard in center and move Joe to left, you know, so. Or Gritchick. Or Gritchick, absolutely. Who, by the way, is it, you could argue right now that he's one of the hottest players on the team as far as offense goes. Yeah. You know, Gritchick and, and what Rymack has done, he's hit back-to-back uh, days with homers. I believe he's on a nine-game nine hitting streak right now. But, you know. Like today, it was one for four with a homer. You know, so that that's just it. He's keeping the streak alive, but it's not a, a three for four day. And CJ Crone has cooled off considerably. Didn't even see the field today. Yeah. And uh, with Crone, oh, and this is something I know we've talked about a little bit here on the podcast. And just in general, of looking at the guys by war. Now, there's some people that'll say, oh, war is the best thing ever. It's really not. But just it's a, in a way, it's a good barometer of just overall how our players doing. Yep. CJ Crone for the longest time was their top player. Yep. Is no longer their top player. 
Who's the top player? In terms of war right now? Yep. Huh. At least on baseball reference. I'll have to check what Fangraphs says. Is it Chuck? It is not. Okay. You have to consider Chuck is not very good defensively, at least in the minds of yeah, which is uh, the stat goblins. Is yeah, but he's actually had a couple of good plays, and I guess that's why I jumped into my head. But anyway, who who is the number one player? Brendan Rogers. Well, good point. Yeah, who arguably, you know, and again, you can't do this, but look past April, and he's been the man as far as the National League second baseman have gone. What if I would tell you too, and this is another problem. Number eight on that list, tied for actually, actually he's tied for seventh. It's Tyler Kinley. Yeah. Who, he hasn't pitched in a long time. No, and, and it's interesting that you bring up Tyler Kinley because this is something that I was going to talk to you about later, but let's just bring it up since we talked about him. I asked Bud Black today, I, I just said, do you, looking back, did you miss Tyler Kinley as much as you thought you would? as a weapon out of the bullpen and his quick answer was absolutely you know so kinley is a guy that they're going to count on next year and and by all indications he will be healthy i'm actually going to talk to him this weekend uh, and get an update for the site uh, and he and i talked a little bit today to set that up but all indications are he will be healthy for next year but he's going to be a really counted upon guy next year out of that bullpen with, you know, and you can say Daniel Bard didn't pitch, but he's going to be another year older. You don't know what's going to happen with Estevez. You certainly don't know what's going to happen with Colomay. So that back into the bullpen is a question mark at the moment at best for next year. By the way, on fan graphs, it is not Brendan Rogers. It's Ryan McMahon. Interesting. The top F4 player on the Rockies is Ryan McMahon, according to them. Yep. That's very surprising. And the number two player, I don't, uh, side note, I don't use fan graphs as much for war because it's kind of hard yeah. balancing them and all that. Number two is Crone. Okay. Number three is Jose Iglesias. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's having a really good season. And, and I'll say again, that was something I did not expect before the season began, but he's also a guy that Noah didn't get talked about much today, but we're also watching him because he pulled up lame to, at first base, uh, on a, on a base hit. So, and he's They're shoot, dropping like flies. Kevin. You know, he <laughs> shooed Bud Black away, like get away, get away. And he played the rest of the game. But I'm going to wonder, will he be in the lineup tomorrow? They're going to give him a rest day. So, yeah, he is uh, on fan grass. He is third. Tied for fourth is Brendan Rodgers and Kyle Freeland. Wow, and Freeland has had such an up and down year. Now, listen to this, too. This is just offensively. McMahon, Crone, Iglesias, Rodgers, Bryant. He's played in 42 games. Yep. Then Charlie. And then Montero. Oh, that's interesting too. Yeah. And, and when we talked to Chris Bryant earlier today, that was the thing that he, he expressed the most frustration about is that if you look back at his July, and I wrote about this for our article on Roxpile, 
you look back at his July, he had a really solid July. Yeah. And he, and he said, and, and I, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, I was playing through the pain until I couldn't take it anymore in Milwaukee. So he was playing hurt and still putting up some really good numbers for the Rockies that they needed. It even started, he said, that first of July in Arizona. So he battled through it almost the entire month, hoped that it would get better during the all-star break with a break. It did not. And when, when Milwaukee hit where you were there, it, uh, it went downhill quickly for him. And that's another problem going forward with him. Okay. He had the back injury and he, his last game was the first game there in Philadelphia. That was yeah. part of the point that we mentioned how they were 10 and five after the series there in Detroit comes back for two games injured Yep. again, the back, he comes back for three games and he starts dealing with plantar fasciitis. Now, granted, he was able to play well after he came off the injured list. 330, 398, 567. That will, that will definitely play in the lineup. Absolutely. But if he's injured, once again, he played a total. And this is assuming that he plays no other games the rest of the year. He played a total, a absolute maximum total of 16 games where he was not injured this year. And that's crazy to think about. You know, it really, it really is. So hold that thought because after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, what is going on with this roster. We're going to talk about a very interesting uh, rumor, shall we say, call up. Uh, that's going to be happening for the Rockies and what that could mean for them for the rest of the season. Here on the Rocks Pile, Rockies Report. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we are back on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. Kevin Henry alongside Noah Yingling. We are your co-experts for rockspile.com. And Noah, reports came out today that a, uh, a call-up could be coming uh, as soon as tomorrow, uh, Friday, for the Rockies. And that would be Wenton Bernard, somebody who is not currently on the 40-man roster as we record this, and, but somebody who is putting up some really impressive numbers at AAA Albuquerque 
and has been in the minors for more than a decade. And he's finally going to get his chance at a major league game. And he is yet another one of the players where he caught Bud Black's eye. Yep. He is from San Diego. He was training in San Diego. And it was at the same time as Connor Joe saw him in San Diego. And it was, oh, well, these are some good depth pieces. Connor Joe, at least at first, as we mentioned in the first segment, not recently, but at least at first, he played really well. And now Bernard, he is 31 years old. He will be 32 in September. And if the reports are true, he will be making his major league debut after hitting, entering today at least. In 87 games, he hit 325, 374, 588. Yeah. So we talked about in the first segment about Dom Nunez and the lack of production in Albuquerque. You know, and you can say PCL, you can say Albuquerque, you can say whatever you want, but it's not like, I mean, it's not like Bernard is only doing it this year. This is by far his best year if you look at his statistics, but he's also somebody that I remember talking to last year down in Albuquerque because he was having such a solid season. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, he, he definitely trailed off towards the end of last year. He did. He but did. Still, I mean, they were overall, it was decent numbers. And I think more than anything, he's a speed threat. Yep. Yeah. He is. He is uh, knocking on the door of stealing 50 bases. I think he has 49 total over the last two seasons with the ice stoves. So uh, you would be correct with that. Yep. So, you know, cause I was, I actually talked to him for an article a couple of days ago. So the timing will be interesting when that article comes out, but we talked about that speed and him working really hard to work on the timing of the pitcher so that he could be a weapon on the bases whenever he gets there. Wenton Bernard is a lead off guy. Think about that as well. Could the Rockies be getting a new Connor Joe? for lack of a better term right now, as far as a leadoff weapon who can come in and maybe kickstart the offense. And it should be noted too, how we mentioned how there was the Bud Black connection there from San Diego, all that. You know, the team that first drafted him all the way back uh, in 2012 out of Niagara University. Who would that be, Noah England? None other than the San Diego Padres. Oh, my goodness. And, and I'm trying to think, who was the manager right around that time for those San Diego um, I believe right his there. name, he, he's best known as Harry Ralston Black. Ah, yes. Yes, Harry Ralston Black, otherwise known as Buddy. So th- there's a connection there. I've talked to Winton about that. He is very much a Bud Black guy. You know, he kind of joked. He said... Uh, I got in a couple of major league spring training games this year and I didn't do very well. And I kind of felt bad. Like I disappointed buddy. So, you know, it's good that they have that connection and it's really good that a guy who paid his dues in the minors is finally going to get to see his name on the scoreboard. Of course. I think that's a pretty cool thing. And another side note of that, he was drafted in the 35th round. That round is not is no longer in existence. Yep, you're exactly right. 
And that was so long ago. Can you remember who the Rockies drafted with the first overall pick that year? Or not their first overall pick. Right. Uh, and what year was that? 2012? Yes. Oh, boy. Do tell. David Dahl. Oh, the David Dahl draft. Interesting. First overall pick in that draft was Carlos Correa. I've heard good things about him. And his team, his current teammate was drafted second overall, Byron Buxton. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, but they're, they're making a difference for the twins right now, you know, and you've, you've been there, you've talked to Correa about that. So uh, for our, uh, I guess that was the fansided.com slash MLB site, wasn't it? Yep. So I do want to notice, uh, I want in the 38th round of that draft. And we, if you remember back in the lockout, we did some looking back at the Rockies drafts and who they drafted, who they could have drafted and all that 38th round. They drafted a future all-star. They didn't sign him. Name of Dansby Swanson. That's right. That's right. And then Dansby went back in the draft and it seemed to work out pretty well for him. That decision did at least. So. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he won a world series title last year. I, I, I believe well. he did. I believe he has a nice ring uh, to that. And who's his bench coach? Oh, let's see. Let's see. But let's go back to Bernard for just a minute, because again, we don't know the severity of Daza's injury. We yes. don't, no matter how many times we ask, we're told that Connor Joe is fine. Uh, you know, so I still see an opportunity that Bernard could get playing time in an outfield that originally we thought was really crowded. But all of a sudden, there's some depth issues in that outfield. And if Charlie is DHing, or let's say that Gritchick is DHing for some reason or something like that, I think Bernard has a real chance this weekend to make an impact. And we know that often that impact will come during matinee games, like on Sunday. That's why I remember when Montero got his first uh, at bat. So that could be the case for Bernard this weekend against the Diamondbacks, or he could be thrown right into the fire under the Bud Black San Diego connection. And that's, uh, that's yet another thing with the Rockies, as we mentioned. Depth. Yep. Okay, they, that's one thing. They have a hell of a lot of depth in the outfield. But when you have guys that are hitting the IL left and right, and you have half of them not hitting well, I, you, the quality of depth, it's not there. It's, it's as simple as that. I think Montero has provided a really good spark for this team whenever he's actually gotten playing time lately. I think that Bernard will be given the opportunity to provide some spark as well. You know, Rockies fans, you may not get to see Tovar or Veen or any of the guys that you, you know, these hot prospects coming up but I think that they're still going to be inserting a little bit of new blood into the lineup to see if it can make a difference for them these last, uh, what, six, seven weeks of the season. Yeah. I mean, you have to find it somewhere. <laughs> you have to, you have to. And, and I think that they will be given a chance to do that. So we'll find out this weekend. Uh, we'll be at Coors field, obviously uh, with the diamondbacks coming into town. 
Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll be there when Bernard uh, walks into the clubhouse reportedly uh, on Friday. Uh, we'll continue our conversation with him. Uh, he was a guest of ours on a podcast last year. If you want to go back and listen to that, uh, whenever I was in Albuquerque, I did one with him and Taylor Motter way back in the day. And one thing to that I was thinking about earlier today, whenever Daza went down, uh, Patrick Lyons, our friend from DNBR Rockies, and I were sitting there in the press box together, and we both said, wouldn't it? Is this the opportunity for Wynton Bernard? And you look at who the Rockies have called up over Wynton Bernard just in the last couple of years. Taylor Motter, Sean Bouchard. You know, he has been passed over. And I'm glad that the Rockies finally didn't pass him over and said, let's give the guy a chance. Yeah. I mean, even I, I would, I would like to see some of their other, uh, uh, some of the other players currently in Albuquerque that it, had cups of coffee in the majors i'd like to see them get some playing time as well yeah but you've already seen bouchard a little bit in the majors you've already seen belayed a little bit in the majors even some of them like for example scott shebler okay you you haven't seen him in the majors this year but he has some major league experience absolutely bernard yep. doesn't yep. and who knows i mean is he going to be in the major leagues for 15 years probably not considering he's going to be 32 but another thing, how many times have we talked about the bridge? Yep. He could bridge. be a good, good bridge piece, or he could be a piece for the next five, seven years. Who knows? Absolutely. If you I, don't see in the major leagues, you're never going to know. Yep. You know, and I remember in spring training, and you and I talked about this at the time when they signed Scott Shebler. It was actually after the lockout. All that stuff. Gritchick had not had the trade yet. You know, and you and I were wondering, is Shebler going to be a guy that you'd see some time in the majors? And I'll be honest, I was really surprised that he hasn't yet. Uh, you know, but because we know Bud likes those veterans who can maybe give a little of that past history and bring it onto the team. But obviously, it's Wynn Bernard's time. He's proved it uh, coming off the uh, PCL Player of the Month uh, in July. So what better time to give him a shot? Yeah, there, there's no time like the present, especially when you have injuries. Yep. And by the way, Noah, one thing to watch, and again, uh, kudos to our friend Mr. Lyons because he and I were crunching some numbers today in the clubhouse. Today was the Rockies' 50th win of the season. As you and I talked about, and I remember us saying, oh, it's no doubt that they're going to get to that 70-win plateau, you know, that uh, we've talked about a couple of times. Time is running out. I believe they have to go 20 and 27 the rest of the way. I believe that's the right number for them to actually hit 70 wins this season. Let's do some quick math. So this is game number 114. Okay. So there's 48 games left. So, so 20 and 28 is what they've got to do to hit 70. Yeah. You have 20 and 28. And yep. it might sound easy. But that's a 417 uh, winning percentage. With trips to St. Louis, New York, Atlanta, San Francisco, and six in LA to finish the season. At least. And, and even with San Francisco, they have 10 games against San Francisco. Yep. And yep. mind you, can you guess what their winning percentage is right now? 
Do tell. 439. Okay. So even if they play at their current pace, they're only on pace for 71 wins. Which would still put them over the 70 that I know a lot of folks have that betting slip and saying, I took them at 70 this year. Yeah. There's some folks who've got them at 69 and a half. that are feeling pretty, a lot better than the ones with 70 right now. I can tell you that too. But with that schedule. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and all those trips that I read off, those are all road games. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all road games still left for this team. The home slate actually lightens up considerably after this homestand. There aren't a lot of road, uh, home games, I should say, left for the Rockies this season. Now, they've got um, just going through the schedule in my head here, and you can pull it up. I know that the they go to San, they go to St. Louis. They come home for the San Francisco weekend series. Then right. they have the the Rangers coming in for a quick two game midweek series. If they play at Coors the way that they played, it's a good stretch for them, maybe. But uh, then after that, until right after, until Labor Day, I should say, yep, it's a tough road stretch because I believe that's the Atlanta, New York, Cincinnati, maybe not in that order, but that's the road trip that's in there. You have New York, Atlanta, Cincinnati. You come home, face Milwaukee, off day. Mind you, there's no, well, actually, no, there is one off day on the road. I stand corrected. So off day after the Milwaukee series, three more against the world-class Arizona Diamondbacks. Yep. Off day, two in Chicago on the south side against the White Sox. Another off day, three on the north side. All day games. Yep. And then you come home, face the Giants for four, San Diego for three, off day, San Francisco three, Los Angeles four, six. Yep. Yeah, the road the road schedule, you know, you could look at that and say Cubs of the bunch, maybe the easiest one, you know? Cubs you, and then probably the Cincinnati Redlegs. Yep, which, as you said, have been playing 500 ball since yeah. uh, that horrific start. So, yeah, there's not a lot of weak sisters in there. And that is why the Rockies have the second strongest remaining schedule after the Diamondbacks. Yep. In the National League. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough stretch. And there's going to be a lot of questions, uh, especially I think when we know how long Dawes is going to be out, if he is, how long Diaz is going to be out, uh, what place that that may push a Winton Bernard into. If is Connor Joe really healthy or not? Um, you know, and and I'm knocking on some wood as I say this. There really hasn't been that many injuries in the pitching department, at least as of late. Thank goodness. It's a good thing you found some of that wood because otherwise you would have been the bad person to just oh, I know. annihilate the I know out, outside of cool, you know, and and I think you whenever know. he comes back, they've got to figure out what happens with Feltner. I yeah. think they've got to figure out what happens with Urania. So, you know, that back end of the bull or the back end of the rotation is going to have some questions to it too. As we wrap up, do you think they're going to hit uh, over 70? You know, I do. 
And the only reason that I say that is that I think they're going to, they've put maybe some core stumbles behind them. You know, we, we, you know, look back at that Kansas city series, you look back at some of those that they maybe should have won. Uh, but if they can really take care of the Padres coming in, they can play well against the giants coming in the Rangers, the D backs, uh, if they could take care of some business at home and steal a few on the road, I, I think it's possible. Is it probable? Maybe not, but I think it's possible. 21 home, 27 away. So you win your, and you know, you're not going to go 21 and 0 at home, but I think if you, you win 75% of your games at home and grab a few on the road, I know it's right there at that threshold though. Seriously, it is. I'm taking the under. Yep. Because yeah. the Brewers, they pitch well. Not to, that That's actually on Labor Day, that series. So that, that's a weird scheduling series and that it is a 210 mountain start. Yep. 640 mountain start, 110 mountain start. Yep. That'll it's screw a- them up. The Giants are the Giants when they show up to anywhere the Rockies are playing and destroy them. Padres, I I think they'll, the Padres will probably take two or three there. They're going to get crushed in L.A. They're going to get crushed in San Francisco. They're going to get crushed in New York and crushed in Atlanta. And they're going to get crushed in St. Louis. I, they, I don't see it. I really don't. Yeah. It's, it's a stretch. I need to be perfectly frank. I know it is. So, well, we'll see. I, I say they will. You say they won't. So we'll see at the end of the season, uh, you know, who gets and I, I'll go even further and say it won't even be particularly close. And then I think at that point, if they don't hit 70 wins this year, I think you've really got to say it's time for some big changes. It, it, bottom line, you have to. And what would those changes be? Something to definitely ponder over the next few weeks of the season. And especially if that comes where they're in Chicago in the middle of September and they're, they have to win three quarters of the rest of their games to get to that point. I mean, it's injuries are always going to be part of it. And that's the thing that the Rockies will have to recognize as well is that, okay, you do have injuries. Every team has them. Look at the Yankees. Sure. Absolutely. They're under 500 in in the last 40 some odd games. That's a quarter of a season, but they're still tied for the best record in the American league. Yeah. Look at Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter's on the injured list now. And he was hitting as well as Aaron Judge was for a month-long span. <laughs> oh, he was one of the best stories there was. Absolutely. Trash heap in St. Louis, and all of a sudden, look what he's doing for the Yankees. Absolutely. And trash heap in Texas, too. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah. Go figure, right? Yeah. That's baseball. That's baseball, I hear. All right, Noah. We're going to wrap it up, man. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, probably after a St. Louis series. Let's see how they do in St. Louis before they come back here to face the Giants in a weekend series. 
I have a feeling I know uh, what you're predicting for St. Louis, but I'm curious, what are you predicting for the Arizona series before that? Um, I think they'll do fairly well with Arizona. Um, I'll say two or three that they win. Okay. So St. Louis, they're going to get crushed. They're so you're just... saying two and four, let's say, over the next six games before coming back for the Giants? Yes. Okay. I think that's pretty fair. So, all right, Rockies fans, as always, we appreciate you listening to us. Uh, make sure you check us out, rockspile.com, callofthepin.com, fansided.com slash MLB. Noah and I are contributing at all three places. Uh, we would love to have you uh, check out what we'll write about, not only about the Rockies, but also their opponents in these coming six, seven, eight weeks as well. So rockspile.com, rockspilefs on Twitter. And until next time, as always, go Rockies. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.